Hello and welcome to 25 Cents, a video game podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode will be making the rounds through our four corners, console, PC, Apple, and tabletop, with a focus on games that are great to play if you've got kids. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.network. Hey Nick, How welcome you been, back. Chris? I'm I'm good. I'm watching some rainfall. It's supposed to be a big snow day today. Apparently, so far it's just rain. So, just kind of preparing for shoveling and whatnot. How's how's the weather in your neck of the woods? Yeah, we've we've been experiencing yet another atmospheric river, which uh, <laughs> is is one of those fun, you know, anthropogenic climate change powered Pacific Ocean dumping huge amounts of water on on mm. Seattle more than usual. Uh, but uh, that has died down and we're no longer lashed by wind and rain. <laughs> I think Vancouver, Canada got it worse. There's like mudslides and stuff cutting off the city. Yeah. But, uh, Allegedly, the, the, yeah. Vancouver as a city is no longer connected by any road to the rest of Canada, <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, is laugh, we can laugh here, obviously, but yeah. it's kind of scary and, and uh, weird. Hopefully so, they re- they resolve it uh, yeah. uh, quickly. But, but the yes, the, the, the has held on. <laughs> uh, that, well, yeah. I mean, we're always pro trains here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I've actually, I think the the first thing I wanted to touch on is I actually picked up a real physical book that I've been meaning to read. Uh, I think I got it as a gift last Christmas or maybe last birthday. Uh, it's called Reality is Broken by uh, Jane McGonigal, who's a big game designer. Um, so kind of topical here. And um, there were a couple of interesting things in it. I haven't finished it quite yet. I'm, I'm most of the way done. But um, the there, there was a, there was a quote from um, someone named Bernard Suits uh, that said, uh, kind of in the section defining what a game is, it's playing a game is the voluntary attempt to overcome unnecessary obstacles, and I, I like that idea a lot. Um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty interesting book. Um, it's from 2011, so for me there was some pretty nostalgic game content. Um, you know, she spent some time talking about communities in World of Warcraft, and that's around you know the peak mm. of my playtime, uh, or maybe even a little earlier. Um, and, and some of the games she's designed have been kind of these, uh, big ARGs or, or sort of real world mobile phone powered social games. You know, she, she's kind of big in early Twitter, South by Southwest, right? That, that, that crew, uh, I think even quoted Merlin Mann at one point in, in the book, uh, mm-hmm. that, that we know well from, from the podcast world. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting read and, and has some, some cool ideas about just kind of making life, uh, better and happier and more interesting by playing games, uh, which I, which I appreciated. Essentially, yeah, it's good to have like the, the counterbalance to the video games are destroying civilization. Exactly. Narrative that often gets told <laughs> and every progressive, every generation, like whatever my parents, I'm sure were paranoid about how much Sonic the Hedgehog I was playing and how that was right. going to ruin my life. Before that it was comic books. And before that it was Penny Dreadfuls or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a good follow on Twitter is Pessimist Archive. I think I don't know if I've mentioned before, but basically just kind of it was I think it's a podcast and maybe a newsletter, but um, Pessimist Archive dot or uh, Twitter. Yeah. Handle Pessimist Archive. Um, Just kind of resurfacing old articles about things that people were very concerned about, like women riding bicycles or whatever in the past and how it was like the end of civilization. And obviously hindsight being what it is, we can know that it wasn't. (laughs) At least this podcast would agree. Yes. (laughs) So. Anyways, back to gaming news. Uh, yeah. Uh, spe- speaking of sort of uh, real world mobile games, uh, so Niantic, which develops um, uh, Pokemon Go, uh, they were doing the Wizarding World of Harry Potter one that I think got discontinued recently. 
Um, and uh, oh, what's that really big one that's it's like Insight? No, Intercept. Uh, right, they're like one of the big, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so they're they they're basically opening up their platform that they call Lightship. Um, and it's kind of like AR kit and location-based gaming. And the idea is that like, okay, you can now develop on top of our platform and build your own uh, location-based massively social, you know, ARG style games, which I, which is kind of cool. I mean, maybe we'll see some interesting innovation there. Yeah, it seems like that that hype, like I know there's people who definitely love the games, but it feels like the the hype hasn't spread beyond that sort of core group after the initial kind of buzz of like people check it out. I, I know friends of mine who played it with their kids and stuff, even like mm-hmm. Pokemon Go, and then kind of dies out because you just kind of whatever, get busy or whatever. It doesn't, doesn't have that stickiness for some reason. And so I don't know if AR related whatever is going to push people more to go back to yeah, it again. I, I, I don't know. I, I suspect because it's tied to like moving about physically and being in physical locations, um, it's going to tend to favor people in cities, right? Because the density yeah. of stuff to like like landmarks where you can collect things is, is going to be higher. And the density of people to run into and meet up with is going to be higher. Right. Um, so that's going to skew it a little bit. And then, of course, you have to have a modern smartphone and... Um, yeah, and and the time, the the free time to go go do these things that that probably bounds the the demographics a, a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll be cool to see what what kinds of things people build on it. You know, on on the Apple, you know, WWDC side of things, you know, they've been leaving these AR kit cookie crumbs for for years now, and it's kind of like okay, so the phones ha- and the iPads have lidar now, and you can scan things sort of, and there's like. You can take a picture of a building and it'll give you directions based on where you are in certain cities. And you can kind of see it all pointing in the direction of wearable stuff, but it's just not there yet. The, mm-hmm. the, the hardware doesn't exist. The use case doesn't exist. I like the the next thing you post was MGS Games, Metal Gear Solid Games removed, being removed uh, over historical footage that it's in the game. Um, I didn't play a lot of the series. I, I think I played the first one at a friend's house on a PlayStation, but I'm assuming the that it's basically like in-game footage that they don't no longer have licensing to they have to like quickly pull the game down until they can sort that out yeah yeah that's my that's my understanding and, and there's a, a link in the show notes but it's it's interesting because you you hear about that sometimes with tv series right like the oh this series isn't on streaming because they used pop music when it aired and they didn't maintain whatever rights they had to the music to be able to rebroadcast it you know, in perpetuity right and so it's kind of a similar thing whatever whatever the game developers paid to use you know, historical, like newsreel footage of war or something in the game, uh, they 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 lost that license or or it expired, and and they have to renegotiate before they can continue distributing. Um, it's it's an interesting area, and and you know that could be a whole topic for another episode about kind of game archival and and nostalgia stuff. Is like what what do you do with old games when you know maybe it doesn't run on a platform anymore, or 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 it gets entangled with you know copyright and and licensing. You know, maybe the uh, you know, one game developer had the rights to the movie franchise when that game was made, but now a different developer has it. Can the old developer republish their old stuff? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I find pretty interesting. Well, and because we have uh, like online stores that where they can actually pull them from instead of like the old way where it would be a retail store. It's not like they would have sent, maybe, they, I right. guess maybe they did. I don't know. But like, I doubt they would have sent out a notice to every single local computer chain to like <laughs> just, just just for the just for the etr atari game right yeah exactly <laughs> that's an old deep cut um speaking of old cuts deep cuts this is kind of painful that you know the one you like, unpacking players don't recognize what a gamecube is yeah so i think i'd mentioned unpacking uh, several episodes ago we'd 
I played the demo either for PAX or for one of the Wholesome Games events. And, you know, it's this nice little, like, knolling, placing objects thing. Um, but apparently, uh, current generation players are, it's set kind of in like a synthwave style version of the 90s at, at one point or some of the levels. And so players, there's a there's a GameCube and you're supposed to put it in a, in a particular location for points, right? Mm-hmm. But p- players are thinking it's like a rice cooker or something <laughs> and and putting it in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> and and wondering why it's not working. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, we've we've talked before about about old consoles and which ones kind of people know and which ones are just like, oh, what's that? Um, it's kind of funny. Um, and then uh, yeah, in, in other you know old game re release news, I, I saw Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, which is the old uh, Bioware RPG, is available now on Switch for for fifteen dollars. I'm not sure which like remaster or not edition this is but um that's a that's a game i know i've mentioned before as as being a just a really solid you know story uh it's it's now you know kind of non-canonical but i think one of the characters got name dropped in one of the newer star wars series so maybe it's back (laughs) kind of thing um but yeah it's it's a good playthrough and, and if you like that that era of um of bioware rpgs uh they're they're pretty fun yeah i imagine the switch would be fun like i'm wondering how well handheld mode even if it does the view like the camera switch moving and stuff or if you have to use a controller i don't know likely not probably you're just limited to controller the, the nice thing about at least knights of the old republic was the the battle mode had you could kind of do it live or there was like kind of a pause mode where you could you know kind of move the camera around decide on your next action and then let the action continue. So that might, that might work right. well, uh, when, when mobile, um, I think you mentioned there's a bunch of old star Wars games coming out on Xbox as well. Yeah. Some somewhat related Xbox's 20th anniversary, I guess is now, or it just happened. I didn't hear about it until I saw tweets about it, but they added a bunch of back catalog backward compatible games. So new right up to the Xbox X. Now you can play like 70 more games that are backwards compatible. Max Payne series, fear. I never played that one. Skate was a good mm-hmm. series. Dead or live star Wars, Jedi Knight two star Wars, Starfighter. Um, and so, yeah, if, if you've got an Xbox, it kind of, and I think I'm assuming it's under game pass, uh, is how they're, they're mm-hmm. being sold or packaged. Um, just instantly 70 more games. <laughs> um, and so like I mentioned last time we have in discord nitro or somehow I've got a promo for two months, I think of, of Xbox game pass that we're going to, uh, do here once the snow falls, maybe. Yeah. Later. You're, you're, you're cut off from the rest of Canada and need some Xbox time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Funny enough, I've been, uh, I was got, got on the kick of like, I'm going to find an Xbox X, like the new series because mm-hmm. or the new model. Cause just some of the screenshots, I, I put a link in the show notes to the, someone created a Ted Lasso car in Forza, <laughs> which is on an Xbox X. <laughs> and like, if you look at that picture, you can, like you'd be hard pressed to say that it's not a photo that someone took of like a promo, right? Um, obviously, if you if you're zooming in and you can whatever, like definitely there's eventually you see pixels, but man, like it is crazy incredible. And like I've gotten to the point now where I'm getting frustrated that I don't know if this is old person or or new technology thing, but like waiting for NHL 22 to boot up on my Xbox One takes forever. Sometimes it feels like which is really like 20 seconds, but. Um, the instant on capabilities of an X. Anyways, I cannot find one. You cannot right. buy one. And I, I went just, I wandered over to Best Buy just for fun. And I, I asked the sales guy, and this is where like, I want the confidence of this sales guy. Cause he said, I said, so any news on Xbox X hardware, I, I gather they're just never going to be available. And he's like, well, we should have some for sale on Black Friday, like on a promo deal. And I was like, really? So they, you can't buy them for a year, but then they're going to just show up on Black Friday. 
on yeah. sale. <laughs> Microsoft is going to discount them, even though they could sell them now for twice as much if they really wanted to. Anyways, we'll see. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's Best Buy is saving some in the warehouse as like a, a door doorbuster deal. Like get you get you in the store yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have the fights up here like it seems to be happening in the U.S. every Black Friday as far as rushing the stores, but we're a little bit too polite or too bundled up in snow <laughs> snow gear to be able to do that. But you just bounce off each other naturally. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of delayed hardware, your play date. Yeah. So, so there was a play date update uh, that that had the sad news. Yeah, you know, like I said last episode, I was wondering like, oh, I kind of thought it was going to be fall time, hadn't heard anything. Uh, but they posted a, and shared a, a very detailed update um, about uh, it with with all of the supply chain woes and honesty they've run into. Um, so basically, their their battery manufacturer messed up, and they got a huge batch of bad batteries when they were going into final assembly. So all of the first batch, um, and I'm I'm in the second ten thousand, I think the email said, uh, which is still originally targeted for late 2021. Uh, they had to go back to and reorder new batteries and and get them assembled, right? So they're now coming out next spring sometime, uh, early 2022, mm-hmm. they've said. Um, and because of that, to so to accommodate their the season one games, because they're going to do this games coming out as you go, they're going to they're going to have season one start when you receive your device. And go forward from there. So, so people will be staggered. The original idea right. was everyone's getting the same game releases at the same time, kind of like we've had with Apple Arcade. But now it'll be tied to when you activate your your um, your play date. Uh, then going forward, the uh, the following on seasons will be will be will be different. Um, and then the full SDK for building games that they've been talking about, uh, as well as the online kind of game light development tool, are going to show up sometime in January and February which I'm, I'm excited about. The other bit of supply chain news is they've exhausted the chips. So they have enough CPUs for the first batch. And for the second batch, they actually have to go with a different board design and a different chip that's equivalent <laughs> from another manufacturer because they just, there aren't chips uh, to be made, right? Um, so kind of the the supply chain weirdness and and demand for consumer electronics strikes again. Yeah, it's a weird. Like, I mean, that's the same thing with Xbox. I'm assuming that's why the they're not just having some on shelves at this point, uh, unless it's a deliberate attempt to make it look scarce. But both Xbox and PlayStation are having the same issue. Obviously, Playdate, similar issue. And it's good to see, like, from the tech community, there's been a lot of. It seems like, anyways, at least my community that I follow, a lot of support for Playdate folks who are like sympathetic to the idea that this is likely going to happen at this point. So hopefully they're able to get it all. I mean, trying to do that in the midst of a pandemic and everything else that's going on. I mean, even like I heard in the music industry, Adele had like some corner on the market for like getting the, her records, like actual records made for collectors. And like my other band, favorite band gang of youth, they're, they're not able to get any records made for their new album that's coming out because there's just not enough. uh, What is it? Vinyl. I don't know. It vinyl, was, I guess, and yeah. I heard there's a there's a vinyl siding shortage as well because like my right. <laughs> my mother in law's condo they wanted to repair someone had like run into the like the dumpster uh, area that had little vinyl right. siding walls around it and they can't get replacement parts for it for like six months to a year because because all you know it, and it just cascades through the the supply chain so we I think we we'll, we kind of keep hearing about that obviously software is not affected but the hardware that you need to run that software uh, yeah. is going to keep being uh, impacted yeah um, I think the last I thing mean, in you, console corner is sort of 
Christmas, looking towards Christmas, uh, obviously for me, it's not going to be a play date anymore, but what, <laughs> what kind of wish list items do you or the kids have, uh, I think actually this will be a good one. We should, um, I know Christmas rush sort of comes earlier for you guys, I think with Black Friday push and we're, we're susceptible to that up here as well, but we should do like a, an episode maybe dedicated to that idea and I'll even pull my kids for, or pull their Christmas lists. I didn't have that in time for this episode, but we could do that for the next one and, and have yeah. like a bit of a gift guide idea. That's for, a good idea. Yeah. Kids. Let's do it. Let's do a 25 cents, uh, gift guide. Uh, my, my son and I were starting to do some research for sort of ideas. Uh, you know, he's thinking maybe a switch game, maybe a board game. So yeah, let's, uh, yeah. let's dive into that, uh, on a, on a future episode. You're not at the age yet, or my, my kids are at the age now where they have a no document that they share with the family and ah. just like it gets updated automatically which is kind of handy uh but then you also see they get they start just like sending that to the grandparents and they're like i want a new <laughs> self like iphone 13 or whatever and you're like grandma and grandpa are not getting you an iphone 13 <laughs> and neither would we allow them but anyways yeah we'll do that and if you've, you're out there listening if you've got suggestions or thoughts on your christmas wish list that you think might be fun for us to chat about feel free to tweet at us 25c arcade on twitter um and we'd love to incorporate that into the future show uh pc corner i dove into my family was gone for the weekend it was the I, two things i did besides work is succession season one <laughs> i binged nice. that 10 episodes and uh and then played civilization six for an hour which i probably should have balanced that out better like had you know half of one half of the other but at any rate i pulled i have civilization six on i think it was epic games some sort of free thing promo at some point um and pulled it out i haven't played civilization since two or three. So it's been a long time. And I was really overwhelmed at first, just feeling that pressure of like so many decisions. And I think I said, I streamed it and I was like, I just don't want, I don't want a game where I have to make so many decisions because life is so many decisions <laughs> right now. <laughs> I don't want to have to do this, but, but then actually getting over that initial hump, it was like, felt comfortable again, back in a civilization game. And like, I wasn't playing with any sort of agenda or focus, obviously just trying to figure the game out. And, um, I'm hoping to find time again to continue that series or that, that gameplay anyways, cause it is a, it's a fun series and, yeah. and obviously improved graphics, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of my all time favorites, the whole, the whole series I've, I've played, I've played everyone from my, my first all nighter at a friend's house on civilization one yeah. on, <laughs> um, civilization six is an odd one. Cause I never bought it for, um, PC or Mac, I bought the iOS version so that mm. um, my son could noodle around with it on the family iPad. Um, I haven't played it very much though, um, but it it you know it's definitely a nice iteration on the series. Um, I think probably though, just time wise, yeah, you know, Civilization Two was the one I played the most because I was you know in middle school, early high school, and oh, yeah. when homework was done, you could easily. <laughs> you just drop three, four hours, uh, into a Civ game? I'm, I've resisted. Actually, I played a little bit of four or five. I just remembered with mm -hmm. my son, we tried multiplayer locally. So it was like turn-based, obviously like multiplayer and uh, on two max at the time. And, and he was into it, but I haven't shown them in whatever the two years later. Now I haven't shown them a new version yet just to see. Cause I, it basically means for me, I have to give up my laptop cause that's the bootcamp right. machine and then, uh, into windows. And so I'm not ready to, to hand over my, work machine as, as their toy as well that that makes sense so um extra life game day yeah that? so i i did uh extra life game day was um uh the previous weekend on on saturday so this is a fundraiser i did it last year i did it this year again uh raising money for um uh uh local children's hospitals in my case seattle children's um and uh did a fundraiser and brought in i think like 200 some dollars, uh, from nice. various friends across the internet. So thank you to everyone who donated. Um, and yeah, I just, I streamed on Twitch. I played a couple things, uh, which, um, 
uh, all Apple Arcade games. So we'll, we'll, we can touch on that in kind of the next section, a couple games I tried. Um, and yeah, it was, it was fun. You know, it's, it's kind of, I feel like I don't have the, I'm like too old to stream on Twitch in some way. Like I, I just haven't <laughs> developed the sort of natural habits. And and so a, a lot of the time I'm just like focused on the game and my face looks weird or whatever. And I don't have yeah. a whole professional uh, studio set up, but it, it was fun. And, and um, got a few random people dropping by uh, in the chat and a few friends as well. Um, so that was, that was uh, fun to do. It's a weird thing that streaming a game on Twitch, like when I did Civilization and when I've done other mm-hmm. ones too. And like, for most, I think for the, when I was streaming the game, it, there's nobody watching. So you're kind of like, you look, you can see the viewer number and like, it, it's, it's kind of dumb to like assign value to the playing of a video game like that. It almost goes back to the book you were saying, you're like sort of the current version of that is like kids play games so that they can get views. So they can maybe get money. I just had a message from a friend who's like, their daughter's playing games on Twitch. And now she has to deal with taxes because she's a Canadian and, how, and then minor. And how does she, she got $300 from affiliate money or whatever. And like, how does she account for that? And like, right. All these things are like, you know what, you could just play the game and, and have fun too. And, and, but I know there is something about like, it's just like what we do with the podcast. Sometimes when we stream it on Twitch, when we record, we're not doing this one, but there's something about putting it out into the world live. That's kind of like a fun thing. And I don't know if maybe if you grow up in a world where that's completely normal, then it unexpected almost that you would be like, of course you'd also stream your Mario game or your civilization game right. or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. My kids haven't really grabbed onto that as like a thing they need to be doing. Um, but I could see in the next few years here, if it keeps up anyways, which I assume it does that. Uh, yeah. Get I mean, into it. <laughs> I've noticed sometimes when my, my son is like pretending to record some sort of explanation of something. I think from having seen you know various videos we've watched, he'll start off with, Hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> like he's uh he's a professional yeah. uh, YouTuber, which is just a funny little <laughs> thing he's picked up on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe he will get really into it uh, in a couple years when he's old. Smash enough. that like button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, speaking of things, things uh, liked, backed, donated to, um, I, I came across a feed um, uh, uh, in my Twitter feed, a, a Kickstarter for a game called Political Arena, which is a very detailed simulation game. Uh, speaking of too many decisions uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of a U.S. presidential election, which is you know, my, my kind of level of, of sim game, you know, kind of diving in and being like, oh, you know, how much do I want to spend on, you know, attack ads in, in Massachusetts or, or whatever. Um, so I forget exactly when it's coming out. It just fully funded. So we'll see how it's come from the, the main uh, guy is a, is a political, you know, kind of humorist. So there's, there's sort of some, some tongue in cheek stuff, um, from their discord. It is not going to be, kid appropriate in the sense that there will be, you know, scandals of the kind, you know, you, you can think of, um, (laughs) uh, so, so, uh, that, that, that's not a, that's not gonna be a game I can, I can play with the, with, with my son, but, um, yeah, I think, I think it'll be a fun one to, to drop into, um, since I'm sure the somehow, somehow the like 2024 presidential primaries are going to be starting in the discourse, you know, any minute now, because that's just how we are here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly um so and i'm just noticing on their kickstarter i haven't done a video game kickstarter backed backed one in a long time or ever i don't think but they're saying like 20 dollars or more you're you just get a discount so they're not actually i guess oh it's 35 dollars or more you get the game i think the, the the one tier was basically like a an early an early order one hmm. it's okay we can we'll link to it and, and 
it's always interesting how they choose to like um model out or play out these kind of games where it's based on real world stuff that's not like a video game thing normally like i'm just thinking of even in like sports games where now they've added Mm -hmm. like season mode where you're playing as a player and you have contract negotiations and that's part of like the the gameplay and and obviously it's kind of like this decision tree that they've come up with to figure out how the whole like season simulation yeah Yeah. so it'll, it'll be interesting to see so you did back it and uh it'll be fun to that's that'll that would be one you could stream and then maybe have some arguments on Twitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Need some controversy. So um, what's uh, what's going on with Mass Effect N7 Day? Yeah, so November 7th is N7 Day, N7 being the uh, the name of the sort of paramilitary organization in the in the Mass Effect games. Um, so they they often, you know, do events and and it's a it's a game with a huge fan community, you know, lots of cosplayers at conventions and that sort of thing. Uh, but they did do a little more teasing of the the next game in the series. Um, I know uh, so one through three recently were re-released and remastered as part of the legendary edition. Uh, Andromeda was my understanding not received very well by the fan base. Uh, so I think I think folks are sort of, excited but also a little worried that that they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna mess up their their favorite beloved franchise again yeah so let's pull into apple corner and you tried it looks like you tried castlevania yeah so so for for extra life i like i said i i was streaming a couple different arcade games from uh the imac um so i tried castlevania grimoire of souls um, I, I had played, I hadn't really played too much of the Castlevania games. I know my wife did on Genesis way back. Um, but this game is basically, there's like a tiny amount of, you know, Metroidvania action platformer, uh, trapped inside a complicated character item upgrade menu system. So you, you play like a, a two minute level and then you're busy like figuring out what to unlock and upgrade for the next time you play. Um, there is a nice auto attack mode, which I think makes it more accessible and more friendly on mobile. Uh, like I said, I was playing on, on the computer with an Xbox controller. Um, but what I didn't realize is this is not a new arcade release. This was actually originally an Android game, uh, in 2019. Um, and you can really see how they sanded off all the IAP, uh, in that purchase (laughs) stuff, uh, and shoved it into arcade because there's like different currencies you're tracking and magic stuff you're collecting to upgrade all your swords and armor and whatnot. So I don't think I will go back to this one. Um, if if yeah, you really I, want a Metroidvania, you know, like Metroid Dread came out and that is, is supposed to be a much better game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tried the, I, I played the original Castlevania one and two, I think or something. And so I was like a little bit of nostalgia trying to play it, but yeah, I didn't get very far with it. And that's interesting to note that it was a Android game back in 2019. And so with built around in that purchase. And so, yeah, it would that that would be a weird kind of like retrofitting. I, I would imagine just trying to like programming programmatically <laughs> trying to get figure that out right. and make it work still, um, both technically and as well as for the game players. Um, or speaking of an old one, Oregon Trail, you tried that as well. Yeah, so I I played this when it first came out on arcade. Um, you know, it's a it's a really nice uh, new um, new edition. I forget which episode we talked about it in. Um, but yeah, I, I streamed this one. It was kind of, I resumed my game, getting back into it. Um, there've been a ton of updates. I think I had to tap through like 20 onboarding screens of like, <laughs> you know, now this mission is unlocked and now, you know, you can go fishing and now you can, um, you know, take the California trail instead of the Oregon trail. 
Um, and, and they've added a bunch of little story quests that you can go and unlock. So there's, there's a lot more game there than there was when it first came out, uh, which is a sign that there's enough player base that the developers want to keep maintaining it on, on arcade. Um, the menu system and stuff works okay with a controller on Mac, but it's definitely one of those touch first games where it's so much easier and obvious to just like tap the, you know, the character, the inventory item or, or whatever you're doing, um, in, mm -hmm. in game. Um, and, uh, my son, uh, started playing it a little bit too. I think he doesn't, the, the history part isn't quite there yet, but, uh, right now in school, in second grade, they're doing a, a history of the Americas unit, uh, with a focus on indigenous folks. So I think he's seeing a little bit of the connections, uh, there cause the, this version of Oregon Trail tries really hard to feature, um, not just the white settlers going all manifest destiny across the country. Right. Um, <laughs> so uh, it, it's interesting to see how he makes those those connections there. And then the other, not not as part of Extra Life, but just uh, this week, uh, Galaga Wars Plus came out on arcade. So I I had never played this when it was out before on mobile. Um, I don't know. Did you ever play the original any of the original Galaga incarnations? I feel like I must have. I don't remember specifically whether, like, definitely this style of gameplay. Um, and, but I don't know that I ever specifically played this game. So, um, how did you find it? Yeah, it was. It's pretty good. You know, it's kind of like it's it's mostly two D, but the elements are three D, right? So the the graphics mm -hmm. look pretty nice. Um, uh, but the 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 strange mechanic is if you if you take your hand off the screen, the game pauses, and while your oh. fingers on the screen, you're continuously shooting and moving, right? Um, I only played this with touch, so I don't know how that works with the controller scenario. Uh, but what I found was that just sort of continuously pressing, even if only lightly, really starts to cramp up my <laughs> my uh, old man hand and, and wrist. So it is not a long game session. I, I played you know, several levels, but I do like it's, it's a fairly difficult game. Like you, you know, you run into one guy, I think you can spend 100 coins for an extra life in certain cases, but you, you know, when, when you die, you're pretty much dead. So you get, you, you don't, you don't get very far, although you can earn like warp warps to jump ahead to a later level and get more points and kind of start on a later, harder level if you want. Um, I, I think I'll fiddle around with it a little bit more. Um, I don't think I ever played any of the classic Galaga. I was more into the um, you know the Ambrosia game clones, the the Mac shareware clones of all the classic Atari games. But I don't think they had a Galaga one. I think their swoop was more like Space Invaders, if I remember right. I don't know if you played any of those in the nineties. Yeah, well, that's what I can't remember now. I'm blur. My memory is blurry there as far as what which one it was and which even like thinking earlier, like actual arcade console, whatever that's called, arcade boxes, arcades, whatever, arcades, yeah. right? That's a, yeah, just ar that's arcade. A yeah, 20, <laughs> twenty five cents. Uh, just in, just insert coin. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, that's where we got the name from. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and I was thinking they should, Apple Fitness should have like a crossover thing with Galaga and related games where there's like, if there's a lot of tapping and stuff, you should be able to like log that as a, a fitness routine of some sort, at least like, I don't know, there's, they're missing some sort of time. There is a mode in, what is it called? There is an exercise type that's like fitness gaming. Oh, probably for like dance uh, games for and like stuff. For like dance but, games and, yeah. oh, what's it sense. called? Oh yeah, fitness gaming. I, I'm showing up my watch on the video here. Um, so yeah, I think that's intended for like Dance Dance Revolution or or Just Dance or, or one of those. Um, yeah. 
a little mini segue into Apple Fitness and uh, Apple TV stuff. I've been using the Apple Fitness in the mornings for like 10 to 20 minute quick oh, nice. little workouts or whatever. And, but this morning, it's been great. This morning, for some reason, the I could hear the, the audio, but I could not see the video. And I had to restart the Apple TV to actually see the video from- Oh, weird. Um, like the, just in, when I loaded up the fitness video or whatever, like to actually play a, a, a workout. Uh, but otherwise it's been great other than our TV randomly still reboots with our Apple TV. I don't know. Ever since I added the new Apple TV, our TV itself just randomly reboots. And I don't know that it's for sure tied to the Apple TV if it's just coincidental. So if you're out there and you yeah. have like a Sony Android TV that randomly reboots and you fixed it somehow, please let me know. Cause, uh, my wife is getting very frustrated. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be pretty frustrating. I mean, the, the only thing that comes to mind is like trying, you know, a, a different HDMI cable or a different HDMI port. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think I'm going to have to do next is order a, either a better quality or just like different HDMI cable and start there and swapping things just, out. But just don't get one of the gold ones from Best Buy when you go yeah. pick up the Xbox <laughs> on Black Friday. <laughs> $75 yeah. cable. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, in other kind of Apple, Apple-y news, uh, uh, thank you, listener Andrew. Uh, he, he said, uh, uh, Nick, you and Chris were great entertainment on my way to and from getting cat supplies. So I'm glad we're in that, that key demographic. That's our niche. Yep, yeah. exactly. Uh, so hi, Andrew. Um, and, uh, he, he also mentioned he had found a post from the tiny wigs developer that the, the achievement transfer we mentioned a couple episodes ago was, was intentional. Um, so they, they made nice. that design choice to bring over your achievements. If you had played tiny wings on iOS, uh, in the past. Yeah. That's nice. That's definitely thinking of the users and not just like quickly doing a port and cashing in some money. It's good to hear. Um, and it, speaking of of uh, maybe giving giving people money or giving Apple money specifically, I think you have some <laughs> new hardware acquisition. Yeah, I guess I'm not. We're not. This video version it might not get played anywhere, but behind me on the shelf, just over my shoulder, sort of the uh, HomePod Mini picked up um, a yellow one to go with my business name, Lama Productions, and. Uh, like I'm in a smaller office for sure. So it's not like a big, huge space, but mm -hmm. I'm surprised two things, how small they are. I don't think I've ever actually seen one in person before I got it. And I'd seen the home pod before that. So I assumed it was like obviously smaller right. <laughs> given the name, but uh, I didn't realize how small they were. And then proportionally how good the sound is for being so small. Like it, Interesting. it's, yeah, it's really good actually. Like, I mean, not obviously if you're going to blast, I, uh, someone I saw was, I think Merlin, going back to Merlin Manning, I think he tweeted like uh, that driver's license song, like the HomePod mini is not prepared for the level of bass in <laughs> that song. But so it's not going to obviously shake your house or anything like that. But for being a, if you're an Apple music user and, and, and or Apple ecosystem user and having Siri enabled on it, obviously um, it works great. Within minutes of setting it up, that day happened to be when U2 had a new song that came out. I'm a U2 fan. So I just said, hey, thing, play the new U2 song. And we picked it up, which the song had just been released like 15 minutes earlier and picked it up right away, which nice. that isn't the HomePod necessarily. That's just Siri, obviously. But right. um, And now I'm actually tempted to get a second. I might just put it on my Christmas list and see what happens. But like to get a second one, because you can put them in pair for stereo in the room. And so um, right. over where Tyrion Lannister is, there might be another yellow. I don't know if it's to get the same color or different colors. But anyways, um, I have a, I mean, they're a little bit pricier than like the Google home mini or whatever theirs is called or the Alexa devices. I know right. so they're pricier for the average person who's like going and buying one for their kid, let's say for their bedroom. 
But I could see Apple selling a ton of these things because it's just like a perfect, almost stocking stuffer size. Obviously, price wise, maybe a little more than what we would put in a stocking stuffer. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like for your, and for our kids too, who are like listening to music, it's so nice to not have to be like, here's the device we've set up and hopefully the battery keeps running and hopefully you don't use it to do other things besides just play music like you're saying. You can actually just give them one of these speakers and then Apple Music's right. entire library is available to them. So I don't know. We'll see where they go, but I'm um, enjoying it. Yeah, it's it is seeing it in scale on your shelf uh, compared to hovering in Johnny Ive's white room. It, yeah. <laughs> it really is a lot smaller than I would have expected. Um, yeah, you know, more more almost like fist sized. Um, and we we have an old like wireless Bluetooth speaker um, that I think we got. I don't know, like nine or ten years ago. It, it probably was like a wire cutter recommendation or something, and it's still going. Um, the battery is definitely not. It doesn't last as long as it used to. But, you know, we'll use that uh, mostly to, like, uh, play music during, um, like, my son's bath slash shower time. Like, he, he wants music running um, during that. Um, so that's, that's yeah. typically how we use it right now. Uh, but I could definitely see, you know, a, a, a HomePod turning up, like, in his bedroom someday or, or if we needed a more portable speaker in the house. Um, but we are also in a, in a townhouse situation where we share one wall with our neighbor mm. and, and the sound insulation is pretty good, but it definitely influences our audio yeah. decisions. Um, <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not going to blast, uh, uh, Christmas music. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's, and it's neat as you add like the big knock against it, obviously, like you alluded to is that it's not battery powered. It has to be plugged in. So right. it has a, a brick that has to go into the wall and stuff. Um, but, um, besides that it is very easy to unplug and move. It's it fits in your hand obviously and so it's very easy to bring it around my kids haven't figured that out yet which i mean not that they're dumb but like they just haven't <laughs> clued into the fact that actually i could come grab this and take it into my room which i'm kind of dreading because i want it to just stay obviously right <laughs> it's mine <laughs> right but uh yeah it's so we'll see yeah so so do you do you have to kind of pivoting to to parenting corner briefly do you have to have set any boundaries around your office around stuff like that or no, I mean, they have like from time to time they get on a, a kick of like using my computer for some schoolwork or whatever, because or the Mac mini actually we have is still in here. I've still claimed, which is technically theirs that I'm using for processing audio sometimes. So, um, so a little bit of give and take, but mm -hmm. they did like, because they can do the, Hey device command to it right now. And it works. I didn't lock it down just to my voice, which I may have end up doing. Then sometimes they'll use that. Or like last night, actually, my daughter was trying to play some Christmas music that none of the rest of the family wanted to listen to. <laughs> and so she just turned it on in my office and blasted it, which we can still hear in the kitchen. And that was kind of her way of subverting the <laughs> family <laughs> desires for less pentatonics at supper time. But um, other than that, we'll see. I might yeah lock it down a little bit. But yeah, they, they haven't actually sort of venture, they, they kind of see this or understand because I've been doing this for 10 years now, working from home more or less. Um, they kind of see it as a bit more sacred, I guess, to mm -hmm. use a too heavy of a word than, than just like uh, a regular study might be for someone who works, doesn't work from home, I guess. So, right. um, and yeah, so we'll, we'll see how the HomePod mini survives over Christmas here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, uh, not not too much else going on in in Apple Corner. I saw there's a, a Fraggle Rock TV Plus show coming, um, so I'm not sure how that connects with like Jim Henson versus Disney versus Muppets. Uh, I, I know I watched the old Fraggle Rock way back and and really loved the little the dozers. I think they were the little guys who were always building things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, engineer brain very at a very early age, I guess. Um, so I'll, I'll probably check that out when it, when it comes out with the, with the family. 
Um, yeah, I, I showed the kids uh, the trailer, I think, and my wife and I both had watched the original series and our kids were kind of like meh about it. And mm. I think it's just like the, the generation, their age, obviously, they're a little bit past puppets being fun and interesting. Um, but I could see if, if I was watching it, if I just turned it on and they were obviously they would happily, I mean, they happily watch me type in, a, in Excel documents. So. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like happy on the screen. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's there's definitely a nostalgia button there for a lot of people. I think that'll that'll trigger. So yeah, um, um, and then I think one last nostalgia point is I uh, lately I've seen a I don't know if you ever played any of the old Bungie Marathon series on, no. on Mac in the in the sort of mid mid nineties. So I think technically Halo and Marathon exist in the same universe, but they don't make a lot of those connections explicit. And obviously. Uh, Bungie as a Mac developer that that ship sailed when Microsoft rolled up with all the money to to make <laughs> Halo for Xbox instead. Um, but uh, a friend of the show, Angela, mentioned uh, I think earlier today, she's like, "Oh, she just really wants to go play." Uh, uh, so there's an open source modern version of the engine called Alef One, which allows you to load some of the old data files from the original game and and play on on current uh, devices. Um, but then, uh, like a week ago, uh, a, a, f- a friend of mine from college, uh, Gabe was talking about like, Hey, did you ever play, you know, marathon multiplayer? I was kind of thinking of getting a game together again <laughs> with some random people. Uh, you know, he's just tagging some folks he knows on, on, on Twitter. And it, it's funny cause I, I know I played bits and pieces of all the games, but I don't think I ever actually finished the games maybe, but it, it'd be fun to, it'd be fun to go back. Um, cause it, I think the story was at the time relatively involved for, for what was otherwise a pretty, uh, straightforward, uh, uh, first person shooter. That's fun. Yeah, no, I never played that cause I wasn't a Mac person until after I think some of that, or I don't remember the timeline exactly, but, right. um, I was more a PC gamer and then I didn't have any Mac gaming friends at the time. Um, <laughs> I mean, but... Mac, Mac gaming in the nineties was as, as previously <laughs> alluded, it was basically like, what what did what did Mac play port Mac play slash Aspire port for you or exactly. like <laughs> random indie shareware and then and then a few weird exceptions like Bungie uh, making making Mac first games yeah <laughs> it's a bit of a wasteland <laughs> uh, so I think uh, I'm I'm thinking time wise uh, we'll we'll have to leave tabletop corner for for another time mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe maybe someday I'll 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 sneak Star Trek corner in here too <laughs> I just saw uh, you snuck that in. <laughs> I put something in the doc because because there's the new the new uh, kids oriented show, but we, we can we can talk about that another time. Okay, yeah, we'll sign off for now. But thank you so much for listening to Twenty Five Cents, our video game podcast. We'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at iChris, and you can find me on Twitter and most everywhere else as Alternerd. That's N U R D. And you can find 25 cents wherever you list a podcast. Of course, be sure to check out the other shows at goodstuff.network and the Good Stuff Patreon, patreon.com slash goodstuff. And we should throw in your, so your twitch.tv slash alternerd, right? Is yes. your Twitch streaming. And I was doing it on the Good Stuff channel, which is twitch.tv slash gsfm. We'll, we'll try and like route that so it auto streams Nick as well or whatever, or backwards and forwards, however that works. And, um, and so you can follow either one or both to get notified when, when we go live, if we ever do again, if we're brave enough to yes, <laughs> yeah. join us. I, my, my, my Twitch streaming is, is pretty limited. Cause you know, when, when I can play games and like chat and be on video is, is a, is yeah. a narrow time window most <laughs> days between, between work and family. 
Yeah, exactly. I, there's there's people who stream and do stuff with like their kids on TikTok or wherever, tons, and it seems like whatever. But I just there's still something in it to me that's like I want them to choose when they're ready to go on and do that stuff yeah, and not be I, unaware. So, but anyways, we'll we'll be we'll see you there if we do. Uh, thanks for listening. See you again next episode. Bye. Bye.